In 2015, 14 people left behind their everyday lives to take part in a brand new social experiment. Could they stay hidden for 28 days, battling against paranoia, isolation and a crack team of experts whose mission it was to hunt them down? It was a battle against the state and the platform for a programme that's since hooked a nation as viewers ask themselves one question. Do we really have what it takes to go dark? Or in the modern world of detection, would we be hunted? Everybody ready? Yeah. As time goes on, under that constant pressure, never knowing how close they are, never knowing when you might get that tap on the shoulder, that's a massive stressor, it really is. It, it's only a matter of time now. Mistakes will start to happen. It's good possible, but the appearance is slightly different. Look shots like they are unspecific. They're recent. They're negative. If, if I think somebody's lying to me, then I'm going to go in all guns blazing to try and get the information that I need. Then we have got some urgent information that needs acting on. This morning, we're having a conversation on how difficult the things are going to be, yeah, and um, we're getting excited. Well, that's really late. Good. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I'm too suspicious, that's my problem. We got another text. Really nice. Um, hot off the press. I'll read it to you. Follow the Alpha 830 westbound for 15 to 20 minutes until you reach Cray Gag Car Park. Wait, man, don't push the fucking door. Move yourself back. Guys. Okay, listen, listen. Come here. Back up a little bit. Back up a little bit. And our colleagues can take on you, mate. Do you understand? Good man. Come with me. You're coming to the car. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Come on. Hands up! Hands up! Okay then, that's it. This phone box is hot now. They'll be coming to get me. Bye 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 bye. My name's Craig. And I'm Nat. In 2022, we discovered Hunted and are now obsessed. Now, in the absence of a new series, we've gone back to the start as we attempt to find the answers to our unanswered questions. Like, do all Scottish corner shops offer a hide a fugitive deal? Aisle one, biscuits. Aisle two. Hiding places. Aisle three, milk. Speaking of Scotland, what would you do if you stumbled across a random yellow digger which contained an envelope full of cash? If I were the hunters, buy snacks. They spent a lot of time roaming the streets, hills and bosses of Scotland this week. Very, very true. Forget the Loch Ness Monster. It's more like Loch Ness Fugitive. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Hunted Podcast. podcast. The year was 2015. David Cameron was the Prime Minister. The East Midlands survived an earthquake with a magnitude of 3.8. Princess Charlotte was born. Fifty Shades of Grey hit the cinemas. And on our tellies, we were watching a brilliant show called Hunted. That's exactly where we are. That's what we've got to do to get ourselves in the frame of mind. We've got to take ourselves back to 2015 and remember what was on our screens. Or we could just watch all four and recap the show with a notebook. Why don't we just do that? It's a lot easier than time travel. It is. Because, A, time travel doesn't exist unless you watch the film Back to the Future or watch Doctor Who. Or, actually, Good Night, Sweetheart, the uh, comedy with Nicholas Lindhurst. It's a classic if you've not watched it. Okay, right. But it's true. It probably doesn't exist, <laughs> no. right? 
But all four does. And yep. that's what we've done. We've sat down with our notebooks to recap Hunted Series 1 in a series we like to call, very cunningly, Hunted Revisited. Because it's Hunted. And we're revisiting it. Yeah, it's right, simple. Okay. You've got to keep it simple yep. nowadays, haven't you? Um, that's exactly what we've uh, been doing. And that's where we are. Last yes. week on the show, we recapped Hunted Series... One. Episode... Two. No. 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 Go again. I'm keeping that in. That's <laughs> <laughs> we got the show. We recapped Hunted Series. One. Episode. One. The very, very first episode. And this week <laughs> on the show, we're recapping Hunted Series. One. Episode. Two. So if you've not watched it and you don't want the spoilers or you just basically want to know what the bloody hell we're talking about, go and watch it first and then come back and listen to the podcast. Yeah. And once you've done that, maybe even watch episode three so you can send us your comments ahead of next week's Ooh. episode. And here's how you do it. Instagram, at HuntedPod. Twitter, at HuntedPod. Facebook, HuntedPod. Or email HuntedPod at Outlook.com. Or you can send your WhatsApp voice messages to a number that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> you said there was going to be a number. I did say there was going to be a number. <laughs> and you know what? I've realised now why I went on the way back from picking you up from work, why I did. Because I fully intended to stop off at Asda, go in, pick up a SIM card. Didn't do it, though, did I? No, rookie error. Yeah, next week's show. Okay. Maybe. Uh, right, so a reminder then, if you've uh, not watched um, episode one of Hunted... Episode two. That's not where I was going Oh, with okay, it. sorry. If you've not watched episode one of Hunted, episode two of Hunted won't make any sense. But what we can do in this podcast is we can put a nice little reminder in, and we'll do that with one of those swishing sound effects that you liked from last week. <laughs> I might just use that one. Across the UK, 14 fugitives are preparing to go on the run. They each have £450 in a bank account. They are not allowed to leave the UK. And they must try to evade capture for up to 28 days. Tracking them down from a secret location in London are some of the best manhunters on the planet. Good morning, team. Right, listen up. Can we get the cyber team in? Right. First fugitive. His name is Ricky Allen. He lives in Kent, born 1959. Let's go. One thing that's interesting about um, about Dr. Allen, he's very good at using password generators. Uh, so he's using complex passwords that are well put together. However. When you have a different password for absolutely everything, it's, it's now a memory problem. Scans of Ricky's documents, his private diaries and laptops are sent to HQ for analysis. Ricky is just seven miles away. He's arrived at a friend's garage hoping to borrow a vehicle registered there so he can drive north. If I need to, I want to be able to do a burnout on it. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, so next stop is the yard. Fine, that's just a, just a thing for you, sir. This is a burnout of all cars. Step this way. When you say it doesn't lock, it, it, doesn't, lock. it doesn't shut. No. <laughs> Fantastic. Choose <laughs> I know. Let's not hide in the boot of the car. From what I find online, I can build a fairly comprehensive picture as to who that person is, what they're likely to do next, and how we can hunt them down more effectively based on exactly who they are. Julie has found a curious search in Ricky's web history. The 39 steps, a 
an all-action hero with a stiff upper lip and a miraculous knack for getting himself out of sticky situations. <laughs> the 39 Steps is about somebody being hunted. It's about somebody going to Scotland and hiding away. And yeah, he's styling himself on that. <laughs> I'm not a psychological profiler, but I've kind of got into the heads of villains over the years, and I'm treating Ricky George Allen as the opposition. I think it's going to be just a battle of wills, really, rather than a battle of intellects. Who's the grittiest? And I think that will be us. Right, ladies and gentlemen, listen up. Let's move. Very important. Right, we now have a new fugitive team. This lady is called Emily Dredge, born 1987, known address Putney. She is accompanied by Lauren English. They've probably gone through my house, they've gone through my knicker drawer, they've gone through my bins, they've gone through my fridge. Every message I ever sent on my phone is being read, every email that's ever been sent or received is being watched. My whole life is completely under surveillance. Gold dust, it's our whole fucking history. Everything, Facebook, Twitter, fuck, username, password. This is almost a story of her life, she's almost telling a story. Um, she talks about her education, very open here, I left school at 14 because I didn't want to go anymore. Straight away, she's a bit, bit different, a bit of a rebel, not afraid to um, challenge authority, not afraid to do her own thing. Using Emily's passwords, Steve is able to read Emily's private Facebook messages about her son, Ernest. You know, when, when everyone asks about him, she, yeah. I know any parent does, yeah. but she absolutely gushes and talks about how yeah. he looks at her and she craves that emotional, she craves to be loved, I think, and yeah. the son gives that total love there. So, yeah, she's really need, really emotionally needy. You sound like you know her well. I feel I know, know her quite well. Right. Get um, to know her better and tell me where she is. Yeah. There's you ducking down for every fucking camera like they've got facial recognition but they can't trace your calls. We've got to go. Oh, I just feel a bit bad because we've just rocked up here. Well, oh, Emily. Yeah, well, I have to phone my son. Well, you have to phone your son but you could have done it tomorrow when they're about to leave. But now we've got to go now. Sandra Cooley and Elizabeth Darcy. Life partners, business partners. These people have got some affluence, and I think that's uh, an important part of this, because if that's their lifestyle, that could be something that they revert to. The pair have consistently used local buses to evade capture. They've crisscrossed the southeast, taking 13 buses and have so far stayed off the hunter's radar. But after four days, Sandra and Elizabeth come to the hunter's attention. We got them in an ATM. Former police officers Nicola Thorne and Danny Brooke are chasing the trail. We are literally like coming in on them, like they are, their walls are closing in. They are ours. Right, there they are. I'll go left, you go right. Oh, is that a backpack? There, yeah. there we go. Yeah, there we go. Run, 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 run! Stop, stop Sandra, call me. Stop where you are. Wait, you need to stop. You need to stop. You need to stop right now. You I'm need to stop, stop right now. Get against that wall. Sandra, come down. Don't touch me. Okay. Dude. <laughs> Don't touch me. Sandra, we're in real shock here, guys. Boss. Well done, guys. Excellent job. So there you go. There's the uh, recap of uh, episode one for you. But let's bring you up to speed with our little thing. Who have we got in the game? What's going off? What's happening? Right, okay, so last week we met Dr. Ricky Allen, Emily and Lauren, Elizabeth and Sandra for a very small amount of time because they got captured. <laughs> so we started this week with two pairs. 
we met a new pair this week and we had... Oh, no, we still finished this week with two pairs. Yeah? Because we had another capture. Yes, we did. So in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Dr. Ricky Allen. We're going to be talking about Emily and Lauren. And we're going to be talking about our pair of brand new fugitives, Devinda and Harinda Singh. Now, which order would you like to go? Because... um, Realistically, we're only going to be talking about three people. I say let's do Emily and Lauren because there's not a lot about them. Yeah, there's not. So shall we do a very, very brief catch up with Emily and Lauren? Also to say at this point, in the game as a whole, it's obviously not just Devinda, Harinda, Dr. Ricky Allen and Emily and Lauren. At this point, as episode two starts... There are 12 fugitives still at large, but we've not met them yet. Nope. Or in the words of Michael Bublé, we just haven't met them yet. <laughs> I just haven't met you yet. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. I know. Right, so, Emily and Lauren. Yes. Let's get back. Let's get back. Emily and Lauren, um, they're in Cumbria somewhere. Yep. And then I've just got off HQ radar. Yes, they're determined to stay off-grid, hitchhiking. Emily considers heading back south. Lauren doesn't give a shit. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. Shall we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Here we go. Who do you uh, want to go to? I think we should probably go to the newbies, because we had Dr Ricky, didn't we? we yeah. Uh, we, we talked about let's, him a lot uh, last week. So let's put a lot of our focus on our new pair. Let's go to Davinda and Harinda Singh, brothers from Leicester. Right, team, to me, please, can we have the people from the end office... We need to move quickly. The next two fugitives are here. This gentleman is Davinder Singh. This gentleman is Harinder Singh. Known address, Leicester. We're up against it. Let's go to it. He's my baby brother. As long as I've got his back and he's got mine, forget anyone else. I've never been away from, from my loved ones before. So I've not been for a long period without my mother. Definitely going to be out of my comfort zone when I don't speak to them. My brother, he's been married for a few years now. He's got a kid. I'm about to get married, I'm going to be starting my own family. And it's our last adventure before we go our own ways. The number of Mr. Singhs in this region are overwhelming. These guys are the toughest ones. Yeah. It's like how many John Smiths are there in England. They have said that this, their being on Hunted, is their last adventure before they, uh, they start adult life. Yeah, although one of them's technically already started adult yeah. life because he's married with a but, kid. But, but the, the younger, one, the younger mummy's boy, hasn't started adult life yet. I believe that Harinda is the older one of the yes. two, and Davinda's not started his adult life yet. So this is sort of their last little hurrah before mm-hmm. they uh, before they start adult life. Um, now, before we delve into their journey, I've got a few bones to pick with the show. Oh, so last okay. week. Appraised the fact that they had given them like numbers and then letters. Mm-hmm. So, for I, th- I think um, last week, Sandra and Elizabeth were three A and B. Yeah, I noticed this. <coughs> I noticed this again with um, Harinda and Devinda, um, aka the Singh brothers, but. On the board behind them, it doesn't say, as we would think, because they're the fourth pair. Mm-hmm. In fact, now I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If these two were the fourth pair that you'd seen, what pair would you? What pairing number would you expect them to have? Four. They didn't have four. 
Did you spot what number they had? Yeah. What number did they have? They had seven. Yeah, pair seven. So, obviously, in the story of the edit, mm. the storyboard of the show, because that's what it is. It is a television a show. It's got to be storyboarded. Um, they put them as number um, as number four, which probably means, and we'll talk about touch upon this a little bit later on, that they it's because they get captured next in the sequence of captures. Yes. Possibly. Not sure. We'll, we'll come to that a little bit later on. But they have seven. They're seven A and B. And it annoys me because then that's not the order in which we see them. So blur it out or maybe I'm just being a little bit too pedantic and letting two things get, get to me. But they're pair four for us. Yes, they're pair four for us. Um, So straight away, so they've been told that they're on the run. They go back to mum's. They pack all their stuff. They say bye to mum. Um, After going. So you do the line, you're on the run. You're on the run. Ah, shit. That's, that's what he just goes, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> With his shirt, work shirt maybe on. Maybe he had a busy day at work planned. Maybe, yeah. Oh, but then I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd say shit. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they're on the run and they pretty much call someone straight away to get a lift. Yeah. Straight away, they're relying on a phone to get themselves a lift. Now, I have to say, at this early point, remember, in the context of this game for Series 1 that um, they're given a head start of an hour. So that yep. hour window for me is, I think you can basically do what you want. You can yeah. get the mistakes out early. You can probably use a camera. You, you can probably go and get your cash out. Yeah. I think that's your golden window because let's not forget, and this is what I loved about um, Series 1, um, and I spoke about this on social media a little bit this week, is the fact that, HQ were only given a um, name, mm. date of birth, mm. address, mm-hmm. and a photograph. Yes. That's all they're given, four things. And it's then how the process is of how do they then find out information about them, yada, 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 bish, bash, bosh, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, so in that golden window of an hour, I think you can use, use a phone because it's not going to be traced. Mm. And by the time it is traced, you're going to be way ahead. Because if you think about it, that initial thing, you, how do you find... If, if I give you now a name, a date of birth, an address and a photograph, mm. how are you going to go and find information about them? Facebook. Yeah. You're going to use the power of the internet, aren't you? Mm. You're going to Google search them. You're going to search them on all social media, yeah. your LinkedIn, your Facebooks, your Twitters. And obviously that poses a bit of a problem. Because um, Harinda and Devinder Singh, it's a common... Singh is a very common surname. surname in that community. Yeah. I think the Sikh, Sikh community? Yes. Yes. Um, it's a very common surname. And therefore, I think they're also very common first names as yeah. well. So it's the equivalent of John Smith. Yeah. So it, it, it's going to be difficult it's, to find. Yeah. So therefore, I think you've got that chance of um, using those friends' early doors... I think as long as you don't use your immediate contacts, your mum, your dad, your wife, mm-hmm. I think you're all right. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yep. Okay, so they phoned a friend and got a lift. Whilst this is happening, uh, Danny and Nick are sent to search, and I believe it's Horinda's family home that we see them searching. 
Um, so they go and search and they question his wife. Um, whilst they are searching, they find his phone. His wife is very kind in uh, logging them into the phone and they find a little email yes. between the brothers. Now, this email is the first sign we get of a classic decoy. Yes. Love a decoy. <laughs> so, the email between the brothers is them discussing going to Caestron Sea in Norfolk. Um, they've talked about how there's lots of B&Bs and holiday sites that they can go and stay on, maybe work at, um, and they discuss going there, which then means that Ground Hunters, uh, the team headed up by Nathan, which also includes Steve. Yes. Um, that's Steve Cotton, by the yes, way, sorry. friend of the podcast. Who, uh, not Smiley Steve. Not Smiley Steve, that's uh, Dr. Steve Hurst. Dr. Smiley Steve. Uh, Dr. Smiley Steve. Apologies if I said your surname wrong. I'm rubbish with names. <laughs> Steve Cotton. We're just going to call you Smiley Steve and Steve, Steve. Cotton. Um, so or Ground Hunter Steve. They are sent, they pop off to Norfolk and have a little search. And uh, Steve has an unconfirmed sighting on the street. Yes, he does. Before um, we talk about the unconfirmed sighting and the possible early capture, can we talk about the subject of the email, which I'm going to be honest, has some of the HQ team um, hook, line and sinker. It has them mm. on the hook. They're thinking, oh, my God, we're going to get these early. We almost get an early dipshits moment. <laughs> Even though dipshits doesn't come to life until series two. Uh, yeah. Isn't it something like read, then delete? Yes, the subject is read and delete. Yeah. I mean, surely it must have rang alarm bells for HQ that that wasn't might not entirely be true. Maybe the edit maybe made it look a little bit like... Because, they believed it. Yeah, because it's the first time we see them. This is all happening within the first two minutes of us being introduced to them on the screen. Yeah, that's true. So maybe the edit is trying to make them look a little bit like idiots. Yeah. Which, okay. you know... I, I get that. I take that. Yeah. But there is one particular office hunter who doesn't, um, doesn't read it in terms of, oh, my God, they're being stupid. He reads it as, this is a decoy. This is a possible decoy. And that's David Toddington. Ah, oh, Dave. From fam famous, famously from the, uh, the the quote, Dave, Julie, get coats. That's a very bad impression <laughs> of Peter Blexley, and I apologise <laughs> profoundly. Anyway, so Steve has an unconfirmed sight. They follow to a hotel um, where we get a very negative and a stand down. Yes. Uh, and whilst they're doing that, see, again, they have to be very, very um, cautious of who they, um, you know, go after and going for. Remember that this is not real life. It is a television show. So they have to be 100% certain of uh, of who they're getting. Yeah. But also it actually highlights something which uh, in their interviews, Devinder and Harinda highlighted themselves, which is... A race thing. They say something yeah. along the lines of, and we will put the uh, the exact quote in. Um, we're Asian. We're two Asian guys with beers, with backpacks. People are going to treat us like X, yeah. y, and, X, Y, and Z. And I guess at that time, I know there was some. It was a heightened time in 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 the world. It, things like that were on sort of on sort of edge, and I guess it's one of those things where 
you can't judge a book by its cover. And for those mm. two, that's an important part of why they went on the run and an important part of why the chief says, are you sure it's them? Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of like, are you sure? Does Do they have this? Do they have this? Do they have this? And that's why we end up with it. It's a very negative. Okay, stand down. And as they are, as the ground team has stood down... <coughs> The uh, the two fugitives are actually 200 miles away on a train to Manchester. Uh. And that's where we leave them for a little bit because yeah. we don't actually pick them up again until part three. But we're going to continue that right now because that's what we do in yeah. this, this show. We, we stick with fugitive teams. Um, so we pick, we pick them up now and this is where we're going to start to get a little bit maybe annoyed and frustrated and disappointed yeah. um, because we pick them up two days later. They've been on the run for two days now as they arrive in Manchester and they plan to hide in plain sight within the Sikh community. Mm-hmm. Um, HQR drilling into their phone records, having picked up the phone from the, the house to highlight um, recurring calls and recurring um, packages and recurring um, things in which they do. And that is why... Uh, and that is when it, we get the recurring theme of more phone calls as Devinder um, can't stop phoning his missus. Nope. So his girlfriend's ended up on uh, Monitrim. <coughs> um, and he can't stop himself from calling her because he misses her. Yeah. And the first call, I guess, is fine because, you know, one call on a number of lists yeah. is random. It's yeah. part and parcel of a package, but two calls within the space of 15 minutes, a little it's bit highlighter dodgy. on the page, isn't it? Yeah. You see them get a long list of like numbers that printed off from um, from the phone records, and it's very easy to highlight. And they make sort of a map yeah. of like people that they're calling, and it says like how many times they've called a certain number, so they're able to work out like what their regular callers are. Yeah. And that is um, one of those things where, because they've been picked up, they've been monitored, that's where the, the HQ team can start to look at those patterns and start to analyse and start to think, right, this is where we'll, we'll go. But two days on the run, seven days, so five days later is where we next pick them up. They've um, They've been um hiding in plain sight staying with friends but they know that their time there is limited yeah. and they, they, they and they must start to move on mm, so we see them on a coach popping themselves up north they've sat separately on the coach but i believe it's harinda chats to a guy opposite him on the aisle and lets him know that that's his brother further up the coach and they're on the run yeah because the guy on the coach as done exactly and this is probably why they showed the clip has done exactly what harinda and divinda highlighted in their clip yes he's judged them yeah he's seen two asian guys getting on a coach with backpacks yeah yeah he's done he's done what probably a lot of people do and don't mean to do but they end up doing it anyway and he's judged them before speaking to them but then has spoken to them and you know it's probably changed his views but they sit separately um and they make another mistake yes and the mistake that they make is uh, using the same burner phone as they head towards glasgow so obviously hq 
five days previously, have analysed those phone records, have noticed that there is a bit of a pattern and highlighted that number and then have then put that number, the burner phone mm-hmm. number, on monitoring. Yeah. And therefore can track using cell site analysis as to where that cell site has pinged. Um, and that is, again, their their mistake because they've flagged them going travelling towards Glasgow. Um, they flag, flagged them in Glasgow and uh, the ground team are deployed and it's uh, fresh from their capture in Mansfield. It is. Uh, Danny and Nick are on the road to Glasgow. Yeah. They're over the border and into the Scottish Highlands. Yeah, and this is where we get a bit that I quite enjoy because Harinder and Devinder are at their safe house with their friend and their friend introduces them to, I believe his name was Robert. Yes. Who is a surveillance expert who gives them advice on what to do. Can we give him his proper name? Go on then. Scottish Robert. Oh, sorry. Scottish Robert gives them advice on what to do. And what's his one piece of advice? All right, no. Didn't he use your phone? Didn't he make phone calls? It's very, very bad. Okay. As was um, the accent. I apologise to everybody in Scotland. So then a few days later on day 12, when they start to miss their family, what do they do? They ignore Scottish Robert's advice and use the same burner phone to ring the same number. Yep. I think we've got an early dipshit moment there. Yes, we have. Um, so that then sends, because Horinda's called home, so then we get Mark and Karen. Yes, Karen, Karen Hunt. Okay. Which I thought is quite ironic. Mark and Karen Hunt. And Mark, by the way, is... Mark Cannoner, yeah, who has flitted between... He's basically been a hunted whore, and I mean that in the <laughs> nicest possible way, because he's flitted between ground team and head office. He wasn't in the last celebrity hunted that we saw. Nope. Uh, but uh, he will be back for the next celebrity be... hunted. Yes. And he may be back to his original roots. Maybe, Ooh. maybe not. Who That's knows? all I'm going to say. Anyway, so Mark and Karen are off to Glasgow. Uh, Harinder and Davinda phone another friend for help who has a shop. Yes. Um, Mukesh is his name. Mukesh Bagar, I think, is the pronunciation. Again, if I uh, get it wrong, I apologise. Who owns a corner shop, um, which is... Did you get the address? No, I didn't. I did. 120 Acre Road. Oh, OK. And the shop, I think, was Acre Stores or something. I think so, yeah. They uh, they give him a little call, ask him for some help. And obviously, because HQ have got the burner phone on intercept, they're able to uh, link the number that the burner phone calls to the owner of said shop. Mukesh. Mukesh. Um, and are able to locate the shop. Yes, and this is where... Um, having made her break into TV on uh, Hunted, Karen Hunt, the ground hunter, um, decides to audition for a different role entirely, that role being one of undercover shopper. <laughs> she sort of goes for a little walk and asks a little question just to try and judge it. Yeah, Um I can't remember whether she was Welsh or not. She definitely had an accent. Yeah. Not a Scottish accent. I think it might have been a Welsh accent, but she, the accent very much says that she's from out of town and it evokes a bit of suspicion from the shop owner. 
all whilst the boys are hidden in a back room, aka the uh, hide the fugitive aisle, otherwise known as the stock room. Watching the CCTV. Watching the CCTV camera. Um, and as she's trying to sort of answer, ask some questions, um, the HQ team have managed to get CCTV from surrounding areas, yeah. which, of course, has captured the brothers going into the shop, but crucially, not coming out of the shop. So HQ and Ground Hunters know that they are still in the shop. Yes, and it all gets a little bit frantic now um, as... Uh, Mark's out of the car. He's obviously disappointed that um, that Karen has not brought him any sweets from the shop. Nope. Corner shop would have good sweets. Ooh. Most corner shops have like a little pick and mix. You remember that, especially in... I mean, if it had been 2002 when I was at school, my corner shop used to have a pick and mix on the front. Ours had one tops. under the counter. Yeah. Like a penny one under I, the counter. Did you also have pre-made bags? No, you always got to do it yourself. No, but but you, you could do both in ours. You oh, could, no. You could, you could, have, you could basically... Do what you want, or you could have a little pre-made one. No. You could have a 10p mix. 10p mix, oh, God. You could you could go in and choose what you wanted. So you could be like, I'll have four of them and four of them and four of them and whatever. Or you could go in and just go, I'll have a 50p mix. And yeah. they just, like, yeah. whack yeah. a glove on. None of this spoon stuff. Whack a glove on and just, as did put gloves on because they also made sandwiches. So you didn't want, like... Your, your teeth and toothbrush tasting of beef. Yeah, that's very, very true. I don't think ours did, um, but we're talking 2002 when I was... Uh, <laughs> I always used to go back. I always used to try and get get some change and hide some change in my, my school blazer. Because yeah. I'm just looking at £2 there on the uh, on the table, which I've clearly taken out of my pocket earlier today. <laughs> and uh, if I had that in my pocket on my way in from school in 2002 and went to my corner shop, I could get a lot for that. You would be counted as rich. I know, two quid. And I'd have 50p mix. I could have had a couple of bags of crisps, bar of chocolate, a can of pop, and got change. Yep. I know, amazing, right? Amazing. Anyway, apologies for the slight tangent. We had to talk about sweets. Um, one bars, by the way, were 10p oh, back in the day. Freddo's were 15p. I know. Happy days None of this indeed. like sixty p rubbish. Happy days. Anyway, yeah. sorry everyone. Did you used to get those little uh, juice carton drinks that you used to used to give you a straw for them? But you used to go sod the straw, bite the bottom corner, yes! and squeeze them. Did you also? And then they used to freeze them and, and sell them as ice pops yes! as well. Did you also get the ones where they were in like a see through squeezy bottle, and you just sort of twisted the like little weird thing off the top, and there was a little hole that you just drank out of? Yeah, they were weird. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we had to fill a little bit of time because uh, basically they get captured now. <laughs> yeah, basically, not a lot happens well, apart a... from apart from Karen has the best line ever. Oh yeah, we'll come to Karen's line in a minute um, because there's a reason they get captured, and I'm going to say I think we do get a dipshit moment because all right, they're monitoring CCTV, which is probably a wise thing to do. But when they've clocked Karen, right, and someone acting suspiciously asking questions. Why do they sit there and stay there? Why do they not get on the bike and go? I know there might be one way out of the shop, but surely there'd have been a back way. But what they do is they stay put in a room, and it is literally a room with one door. It's yeah. a big, secure door because it's the stock room. It's probably where all the takings are put at the end of the day. It's where probably the safe is. But 
they literally leave themselves nowhere to go. Karen's been in the shop. She can't spot them. They've not come out of the shop, which means they're in one place and one place only, and that's the storeroom. And so Mark's like, do you know what? I've had enough of sitting in the car. I'm going to get out of the car and I'm going to get myself a capture. I'm going to get mm-hmm. my first ever capture and bring these home. And he bangs on the door, let us in. Um, you know, you're surrounded, all of that. Um, there's a fuck the police comment. Yeah. There's um, a, from Mark, you get a open the door because otherwise we'll just have to break it down. Yeah. And they eventually do open the door and they come quietly or do they? Yeah, we get outside and I believe it's Harinda runs off from Mark and then Karen. Karen, Karen. Karen. In fact, you know what? Karen deserves. She deserves. If you press that orange one. That one? Yeah, that's the orange one. <laughs> Karen deserves this. Yeah, yeah. Karen deserves this round. Well done, Karen. Because she, um, she has. I mean, we also have. Side note, an air horn sound effect. Do you think that this is worthy of an air horn for quote of the episode? Yes. Or potentially quote of the series? Yeah, I think I think this is quote of the episode. Okay, well, you need to press the <coughs> air horn then. Quote of the episode by Karen. Don't you fucking think about it. I'll put you on the floor. It's very, very funny. Um, he's legged it from Mark. Doesn't really get very far. And, uh, yes, Mark tightens his little grip um, and that we've taken another pair out of the game. Before we talk about one final thing from this capture and something Mm. you were very pleased with, and I'm not talking about Karen's comment, I want to highlight this is probably why in future series we get the you have been hunted line. Okay. We didn't get it with Sandra and Elizabeth. No. We didn't get it with these two, and I yep. think that's probably where the, the rules come in. That once the hand is on and the line has been said... You've been captured, you've been captured and you can't then run away. Because they were captured and then he legged it and then yeah. he had to go after him again. What would have happened if he'd have got away from him? I don't think he was ever going to get away from no. him. No. And Mark did look pissed off. Yeah. Very, very pissed yeah. off. You wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of him. No. But what would have happened if... I don't know. Like, would they just have carried on going after him? Yeah. But I don't know. It's a strange one. But anyway, they did eventually uh, get hold of him. They got him in the car and then you cut to the office. And we've done a year of this podcast, right? And you have slagged off, heavily slagged off, the use of crosses on the Fugitives board. In fact, yep. we even made our own little reel and had our own attempt at it. Yeah. Didn't go very well. But... Mine was all right. Thank you very much. Yeah, but... But I don't know who does the cross on this one because I can't see, but I know it's a male um, office hunter, but your cross is amazing. Well done, you. Yes. Initially, I thought it was Brett because it had um, yeah. the... Braces. Braces, that's the word I was looking for on. Then I noticed a beard and Brett doesn't have a beard. No, but your cro- you've been practising. To say this is the first series, that was a good cross. Well done. Yeah, so if you're the person who did worked on Hunted in HQ in 2015, probably 2014 when it was filmed, let's be honest, not quite sure, um, and um, you did the cross for Harinda and Divinda, 
please do get in touch because we'd like to have a Nat basically would like to have you on the episode to compliment your cross drawing skills. I would, yeah. And basically ask you about your technique. Yeah, I would. And then I'd like to see if you'd then, you know, go on, go to HQ in later series um, to help them do their crosses. Are you wanting some sort of like cross masterclass? Yes. Yeah. I knew you'd like that. Uh, so there you go. That is the story of Devinda and Harinda, who were on the run for a total of 12 days before being captured in a corner shop. So, so far this series, we've had captured in Mansfield outside a barber's shop and then captured in a corner shop. Sounds like the start of a song. I'm not going to try and make one No, let's there. not. No. No. We're Asian, we've got beards. We're probably going to have some rucksacks on our backs, which is not going to help. The automatic thing that people are going to think is bloody hell terrorists. We want to challenge the preconceptions that people have. Not every Asian's a terrorist. We're individuals, the same as you. The hunters have found Harinda's mobile phone. Did he clear this before he left? Don't know what he does with his phone. We're going to take this. Uh, let me read you this email between the two brothers. Yeah. We are going to a place yeah. called Casa on Sea. I've made a few inquiries, loads of hotels and holiday resorts we could stay at and potential make cash in hand. Oh, uh, we need to catch a train there because they could track the cars. The vendors have responded. Perfect. I've, I've had a look. Let's go. Ben, we've got some urgent information that needs acting on. This morning, we're having a conversation on how difficult the things are going to be. Yeah. And um, Suddenly, we're getting excited. So that's really good. Yeah. I'm not so sure. I'm too suspicious. That's my problem. The end bit sounds real. The beginning bit sounds really contrived to me. Potentially got eyes on these fuckers. Wait, wait, wait. Steve and Elle in the backing vehicle have just seen two Asian lads with rucksacks. It's unconfirmed at the moment, mate, but obviously they're good possibles. Asian males are few and far between, and they got backpacks on. Ben speaking. Can you update me, please? Yeah, mate, all it is is good possibles, but the appearance is slightly different. Mug shots like they had when was the taken. They're recent. They're a negative, mate. The Singh brothers are 200 miles away from Caister on Sea on a train approaching Manchester. I don't think the hunters are feeling too good right now. Deliberately sent off an email saying, let's go to Caistron Sea. Harinda and Davinda Singh have been on the run for seven days, staying mostly with family and friends in the Sikh community. Our next move's going to be a big move. The brothers are now on a coach, travelling north. Um, Paddy, we're on the bus, we're just going to come see you today if that's all right. Davinda's using the same pay-as-you-go mobile to call a friend in Glasgow for a place to stay. We're going to get, get there at 8 o'clock at the Buchanan station. The brother's friend is taking them to a safe house on the outskirts of the city and introduces them to a contact, Robert, who has surveillance experience. You need to break the habits, you need to break patterns, and don't, for any reason, phone home. Why would you want to put yourself in the front line by contacting them? It's the first place they're going to be monitoring. We've called him on a burner. Which part of noise that you don't get? The Singh brothers have decided it's time to move on. Hey, baby girl. How's it going? And despite being warned not to phone home, Harinda risks a call to his wife. Good morning, Karen. It's Peter. Good morning. The partners of Davinda and Harinda Singh were both called from the same pay-as-you-go mobile telephone. Now, I would like you to redirect to Glasgow, please. They may well be being the Singh brothers have phoned one of their friends to help them get out of town. They decide to lie low in his shop 
HQ traces the call to a phone owned by a Mr. Mukesh Bagger. I've just found that Mukesh Bagger is licensed for selling alcohol at a place on 120 Acre Road. Right, OK, we're on our way. After requesting CCTV footage from the area around the shop, HQ get a breakthrough. One o'clock. Hot damn. Finally! Well, if they haven't seen anyone come out, they're still in there. Yes. Hello, bud. Hello, mate. Go ahead. CCTV sighting, 120 Acre Road at that shop. Let me explain. Let me explain to you, mate, OK? Well, everything suggests from CCTV I'm monitoring, two people are interested are in your shop right now. And right now, I'd like to come in, OK? We're surrounded. It's like ants. Please stand there, OK? Don't move, OK? Stand there. Stay there. I know you're in there, please. Can you open the door, please? It'll be a lot easier, otherwise we've got to break the door. Fuck the police. Wait, man, don't push the fucking door, man. Move yourself back. Guys. OK, listen, listen. Come here. Back up a little bit. Back up a little bit. And my colleague's going to take hold of you, mate. Do you understand? Good man. Come with me. You're coming to the car. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Come on. Hands up! Hands up! fucking think about it, because I'm going to put you on the floor, right? So now we've got Devinda and Harinda out of the way, it's time to refocus our efforts back and have a little catch-up on Dr Ricky Allen. But before we do that, um, we need to have a little conversation about um, time jumps. Yes. Because we saw it with uh, our former fugitives, our (coughs) now-captured Devinda and Harinda, and we see it a little bit more with Dr. Ricky Allen as well. Now, as future series go on, we get all of the fugitives introduced basically at the start. Yeah. Um, because Mainly because they're all launched together or dropped together or whatever you want to do it. Or jump point if you want to do yeah. the, American, the Australian version. Um, and you then pick them up later on in their journey you just get little flashes of what they're up to depending on what point in the story Mm -hmm. is at this point i think by the end of this episode we get to 14 days out of 28 yeah and we've only on screen we've only seen four lots of fugitives yeah and we've got 14 lots of fugitives in this series Uh, 14 14 ordinary citizens sorry yes 14 ordinary citizens um, so we've still got X amount to see. I was yep. trying to do my head, the maths in my head, but I couldn't do it. We've seen four. We've got 14. We've got 10 lots more to see. No, we've seen seven oh, fugitives. Yeah. So we've seen half. Okay, we've seen half. We've still got the other half yeah. to see. But we've seen 14 days. Yeah, but then we'll see the others as they're told they're on the run. Possibly. Possibly. Or we'll see them like three days in. Yeah. So therefore we're jumping back. Yeah, it doesn't... It doesn't compute. No. It doesn't make sense. No. It? And we're not not massive. No, we're not a massive it, fan of it, but... Yeah. It got it gets scrapped as the series goes on. So anyway, Dr. Ricky Allen. Yeah. Um, reminders, where is he? What's he doing? Where do we pick him up? 
Okay, so we pick Dr. Allen six up six days after he's gone on the run. Uh, he is at Ben Nevis Peak. Um, he's just he's just living life in Scotland, really. Um, and he tells us a little story and says that his uncle was a bank robber. Yes, I wanted to dive into that more. Yeah. Um, so I think he's trying to say that causing trouble is in his blood. I think he actually says, I'm a rebel at heart. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so then we go to HQ and we've got Julie. Yes, Julie. Um, who is finding Dr. Allen's ties to Scotland. Yes, and she's identified links to a couple called Tim and Eileen, um, who we could potentially reach out to. And then HQ gets some juicy information. They get a ping. Ping. Um, and it is of an ATM usage in Glasgow. Yes, uh, and this obviously uh, ATM machines have cameras in them. And it's not Dr. Ricky who is uh, the one who gets pinged or captured um, getting the money out of his card. It turns out to be Eileen. Yes. Eileen is using uh, the ATM, which then means that Nick and Danny get uh, directed to Eileen's house. And this is where the timelines start getting a little bit annoying, right? Um, so we are six days in. This is part two of the, of the show. Now, you've got to remember that uh, Danny and Nick were flagged up earlier in the show, um, also on the way to Scotland, when they um, were going towards the bus station, the coach station, and they'd been on the run for seven days at that point, right, uh, where Danny and Nick were up there. And then six days, um, we get them going up there for Ricky Allen. So they're obviously up there in up there anyway. Mm. So they'd essentially gone from Mansfield to Scotland and then because they were up in that region, they were deployed They also there. went to Leicester, don't forget. At what point did they go to they Leicester? Went, they went to Leicester when Harinder and Davinda was first um, put on the run. So that was probably pre-Mansfield. So that would have been day one. So they did Leicester... Mansfield, Scotland. Yeah. So that, so, so we know north. so far. That's north. that's what we know so far. Yes, uh, but they're deployed anyway, so I'm sure they're loving a little couple of days up in uh, up in Glasgow, and uh, they've, um, you know, they are heading west of Glasgow to see Eileen, who I wrote down was flaky at best. Yeah, she wasn't great, was she? No. She not really practiced what she was going to say. Yeah, come on, Eileen. No, no. I've, I've done two music gags in well the show done. today, right? Well done. I know. Um, so Nick and Danny are questioning Eileen. They're not getting much from her. So they leave a little uh, covert camera. Yes, I'm a big fan of this. Um, so they leave the covert camera. I think, um, I can't remember who it is that, that, that leaves it. It's either... Obviously, Danny or Danny or Nick, um, and they leave it to to capture an hour's worth of footage, yeah. basically to see what steps she makes after. Because if someone's been interrogating you, mm -hmm. you're going to be straight on the phone to somebody to try and yeah. warn them. You're going to try and tip them off because that's what you do as a friend. Yeah. She's not expecting them to have left a covert camera 
Um, so an hour later, they pop back round and uh, Danny says, my dozy colleague has left something... Um, has left something on the left something on the yeah. side. I'm so sorry. Goes and picks it up, um, and she is quoted on camera on the covert camera of saying on the phone to uh, Ricky Allen, who's got a burner phone, um, that it's a complete fuck up. But they did manage to send the uh, the cards and cash to Fort William. I've got down here via post. I uh, yeah. Right. Um, but that that then means that he gets there very quickly. And why would you post it to a random? Because um, it was just like a random place with a digger. Yeah, it was like a, a yellow digger. Now I'm going to do a little bit of um, googling here, right? Mm-hmm. So we're saying that Eileen was in Glas in Glasgow, right? North, just west of Glasgow. So if I type in West Glasgow on uh, Google Maps, right? And then do... Uh, unfortunately, it's not going to come up with uh, Yellow Digger, Fort William, but it will come up with Fort William. <coughs> it's a average two and a half hours between Glasgow and Fort William, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say that she gets... Because, you know, there is going to be time. There is going to be a bit of a timeline difference. Let's say that she gets the money out on day six. Yeah. Or day five, because we pick him up on day six. She gets it out on day five, sends it, sends it first class. Is it realistic that it's going to get there? We get there the next day. Which could be day day six. Yeah. But imagine the Royal Mail do drops in random diggers. And... Is that a postmark that you can send mail to? Unless where the digger is has an address and they know the people who own the digger place and they've got them to put it in the digger. That would make more sense. It would be a, hi, Jeff. don't know why I said Jeff, but I'm going with Jeff. Okay. Hi, Jeff. Please could you leave this envelope um, in the yellow digger at this time for a friend to to collect? That would make more sense. Yeah. But imagine being Royal Mail mail and seeing that and you deliver around, right? One um, Chestnut Avenue, two Chestnut Avenue, three Chestnut Avenue, behind Yellow Digger, southwest of Chestnut Avenue. What? <laughs> you would not be happy if you were that post, no. would you? Especially because there are some walks in Scotland. Yeah. It's a very walky place. Yeah. Would not want to be a postie up there. No, be a bit cold as well. Yeah, but they're used to that because they yeah. go around wearing kilts. Sporans, is that a thing? I'm just doing Scottish stereotypes now, aren't I? Probably. Get me out of the hole. Okay, so uh, Ricky collects the money and bank card from the pre-arranged location and he says that it's a spook-free zone. We then have another time jump. We're now on nine days. Um, And Nathan and Steve pop over to Ricky's house. Nathan Rose. Okay. Is his name? Right, Nathan and Steve. I just just know that our listeners might be interested in... Because we know, like, in... In later series, we you know we get to know them mm. a little bit more, and we we actually get their first names, right? But in this one, they're not referred to by first names unless you overhear it. Yeah, it's Hunters Rose and Cotton. Okay. It's Hunters um, Hunt um, Hunt and Canonar. It's mm. um, Hunters Da 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 Blake Blake like um, 
Brook and Thorn? Yes. Yes, remembered it. Well done. <laughs> so what I'm saying is they refer yeah, to as okay. first. So people might want to fill the gaps is what yeah. I'm saying. Right, so... Um, Nathan and Steve go to Ricky's home again. They have a little search. They question his wife again. Um, and then we see that Ricky's been sleeping rough at a friend's farm and he risks a call home to wish his daughter happy birthday. We get a lovely little Ricky quote where he calls the hunters rotters. See, Absolute rotters. Not quite quote of the episode, but no, it's up there, isn't it's it? It's up there, but yeah, we get rotters, absolute rotters. And then we have another... Flipping time jump. We do, but before we go to the time jump, can we talk about another thing which um, is emphasised upon in this episode? You might not have wrote this down, but uh, I did. And that is, what do we learn from objects within the house? Now, because not only are, you know, the the team are still trying to build up a profile of this guy, right? Mm. So not only are they there to ask questions of... um, Mrs. Dr. Ricky Allen. Yeah. They're also there to build a profile of this guy. Mm-hmm. So they're going to look around the house. Yeah. It's basically cold reading. So they're just trying to find out information about who they are. Now, you won't have noticed this, listeners, but we've had just had a little break. I've just gone downstairs and had a little look around the living room. Right. And tried to put together like a psychological profile on this. So basically what they will do whilst they're asking the questions is they'll be observing and taking in their surroundings mm. trying to build up this profile of um of the, the person so for example if they're in our living room they'd notice a couple of things okay that we're massive children because we have lots of toys yep when i say lots of toys that sounds weird <laughs> We have lots of Toy Story figurines because we like Toy Story. Yep, we have. Um, which probably would, inter- like somebody like a psychological profiler would then draw a slight conclusion that we're a little bit childish. Mm-hmm. They would notice a lot of crime novels. Also, yeah. not just random crime novels, lots of series. Yep. Which indicates that we're maybe serious about yeah. crime and that we enjoy sort of thing and that sort of genre yes and they would also notice that we take lots of pl- photos in random places yeah mainly of us yeah and and of harry the dog which says that we like to travel and we like to go on adventures mm-hmm. so straight away the key points i'm going to test you right what key points would you pick up from those three things that i've just said childish uh likes a crime novel takes lots of pictures travels lots i was going kind of i was going for childish yeah adventurous okay and like maybe a little bit sadistic maybe but also if we're reading series you could take that we're committed yes and because we're reading crime novels would give us a advantage and a Knowledge. There it is. I didn't mouth that to you whatsoever. No, not at all. Not at all. The sort of area where we're at. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to get to with with Yellen because they spot a lot of spy novels. Yes, they do. Which means that it's not just the odd one. There are lots of spy novels, lots of like adventure based books about like being outdoorsy and stuff. Yeah. 
so they can gather from that that he's quite comfortable with that that he's quite keen and eager to sort of push that and uh, really hone into that particular mm-hmm. part of um yeah part of the world and, and part of his own soul that is going to be knowledgeable is going to know what certain processes yeah. and, and things to do which we see a little bit more um as we have a huge jump um huge jump forward yes we are now on day 14 um and at this point we see ricky use an atm so it gives them the his first positive sighting since going on the run um and we have ricky say that he has a plan to lure the hunters in um so he uses his phone to send a text to a friend's phone because Ricky already knows that friends and family are going to be on intercept. Yes. He's not silly. He knows that they're going to be being watched. Amazingly, he's still in Fort William as well. Um, And the reason I know this is because not only do they say on the show, but they give out the full postcode. What they don't do in later series is um, they don't, they obscure something or they like, they mute it yeah. or they cut it, so it would only say a certain part of it. But we get the full postcode of uh, what it is. So I'm on Google Maps now looking at an area so we can see um, where he was um, on a main... You know, It's a big main road area. There'd be lots of ATMs around it, but that will give them an indication of where he's been and can try looking at what's around it, looking at the maps. I can see on the maps that there's a lot of, um, lot of main roads out, but there's also a lot of... Um, greenery, which means that he could be, uh, you know, up in the hills, etc., etc. Um, if for those that are interested, the postcode PH336TQ, or in the phonetic alphabet, is oh bollocks. No, it's not our bollocks. Papa. PH. Hotel. Three three. Three three. Six. Six. T. Tango. Q. Quebec. Yes, nailed it. Well done. Um, so he's in that area and he gets uh, picked up and then, of course, he uh, starts um, setting the trap as uh, Mark and his team are deployed. Now, his plan is to uh, hide in a boffy. Is that the right? Yeah, in a boffy. Boffy. It's like a little woodland shed. But... Basically a shed in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? But it's, it's built of brick. Yes, so it's his little hidey hole where he's been keeping warm, but there's lots of um, places around it where you can hide lots of greenery. It's very much off the beaten track. Yeah. There's lots of places where he can hide and, and do it. I'm not quite sure why he does what he does. Because up until this point, right, 14 days in, two mm. weeks in, yeah, in context of 28 days, mm-hmm. which is nearly halfway. Yeah. Right? Not seen sight and sound of him. No. He could just keep moving and keep lying low. Yeah. Why does he risk drawing the hunters in? Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to be better than them. He wants to He wants to have said that he has tricked them, he has lured them in and he's won. It's all a game. Yeah, he, he wants to spy on them, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Almost wants to prove something to himself and... Prove, I guess, at some point, the psychological doubt which will start to creep in of, 
am I still being followed? Yeah. What methods are they following? So by sending that text, which he knows is a deliberate decoy mm-hmm. text, he knows that that phone is being monitored and therefore it's not safe yep. to use said phone yep. in the future if he would, if the need were to arise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the text gives detailed directions of how to find said bothy. Very detailed. And obviously he's done that on purpose because he knows that the hunters are going to see it. Um, so the hunters follow said directions. Uh, Dr. Allen has already got himself in a nice little position with his binoculars to watch them. Um, and the hunters get to the bothy and obviously discover that it's empty. Whilst he does it, we see a little bit of stern Ricky Allen. The first time that there's almost a bit of a lover's tiff between him and his cameraman. Yes, there is. Be silent! <laughs> sort of gets his dad voice out. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but yeah, he tells him to be silent. They're silent. They watch the hunters. And we, we get some Ricky Allen quotes, but they're not quite up there with the Karen quote. Yeah, this is fucking marvellous, I think, is one of them. And uh, slack brain fuckwits. Oh, and most satisfactory. Oh, that's a very posh one. I don't think... Yeah, slack brain fuckwits is not Ricky Allen. Isn't it? No, it's not. It's oh, Blex. okay. Uh, so Blex says, I don't think he's a genius. And then he says at the end, once it's sort of cut away, once they've gone off, wet through, pissed off, mm. it cuts to Blexley saying, uh, Ricky Allen clearly thinks we're a, a bunch of slack brain fuckwits. He may be proved right. Oh, okay. Sorry for getting it wrong. Yeah, so you should be. I'm not. No, I didn't think you would be. It was a a Blex quote, um, and that is the the last that we we see of him. So Ricky Allen's been on quite a journey in this episode. Well, I say quite a journey, small one around Fort William, but he's, uh, he's, he's lured them in. We've started to see a little bit more of his profile, and surely now he must start thinking of, uh, of moving on. Yeah, he's got he's got to change his plans up. Surely he can't can't keep just going around Scotland because eventually Scotland's going to be too hot. Not weather wise, I mean figuratively. Uh, yeah, it was a good use of um, phrase. Thank you. I like it. He knew he knows he would have to make a move um, onwards, and the hunters are getting more and more annoyed at him. Yes, and uh, they desperately want to catch him. Will they do it or not? Next time, we will wait and find out. I need urgent information on Ricky. We nearly had him, and I'm annoyed that he's still out there. We've had no actual positive sighting of him, have we? No. I'm a Kent GP. I have a a middle-class family set up, three kids at school, married, etc. I'm a decent bloke. Okay, I'm a bit naughty. I'm a maverick, I suppose. A a, a rebel at heart. Uncle number one was a, a bank robber. Must be my DNA. There's something encoded within me. Julie Clegg, a former undercover police detective, is an international specialist in profiling fugitives. She's made it her business to find out everything about Dr. Ricky Allen and his known associates. There's some very strong ties to Scotland, I found. A guy called Tim Critchell and his wife, Eileen Byrne. Very close with them. There's lots of photographs with them together. Interesting development. Uh, We're getting details of ATM usage in Glasgow by fugitive Ricky Allen. It corroborates everything, all the research I've done, that would put him in Scotland. Julie's profiling of Ricky and his associates has paid off. She's identified the woman withdrawing cash from Ricky's account. Yep, that's her, definitely. Yep, definitely Eileen Bird. But we've got to go after Eileen. With Eileen unwilling to divulge information about Ricky... 
The hunters hide a covert camera at the property. Got it. We've got footage. Mind you, what are these people? What do they look like? How many of them are there? They made their job watching, looking at innocent people, just observing them. Right, I need to pause this. Go on. She basically said, it's a fuck up. That was awful. She looked through my purse and the receipt where I sent the card to, let's call that in, that's where it's been sent to. That'd have been the classroom snitches as kids. I think he's probably knows that he's burnt his bridges now with the whole Fort William and that. Ricky Allen's wife also needs to be seen and that and his home address needs to be searched again. Ricky's proving difficult, but he's not impossible. He's vulnerable and fallible. Starting the Mr. Family a little bit now, Emma Jane and the kids. Sunday nights are always special at home. We're all together. That's the one night of the week and we can all be guaranteed to eat together and uh, we sit by the fire and watch some TV. I'm not doing it tonight. Today is Ricky's daughter's birthday. He risks a call home. Hello, happy birthday. OK, then, is it going to what other men bothering you? We had an incoming call to the wife from a telephone number that comes down to a call box. If it's not Dr Allen, I will be baffled. Hello, son, how are you? You're looking after them all. These men are absolute rotters, Angus. Absolute rotters. I should have bought your air gun. OK, then, that's it. This phone box is hot now. They'll be coming to get me. Daddy loves you all, all right? Bye-bye, bye-bye. As time goes on, are under that constant pressure, never knowing how close they are, never knowing when you might get that tap on the shoulder, that's a massive stressor, it really is. It, it's only a matter of time now. Mistakes will start to happen. CCTV footage comes in from the ATM. That is a positive sighting. It's good to see. It renews our energy to find him when we know he was actually physically in that location. It's the first positive ID on Ricky Allen since he went on the run. But Dr. Ricky Allen has been laying an intricate trap. He plans to lure the hunters to a remote hiking shelter called a Bothy, so he can turn the tables and spy on them. We got another text reading this. Um, hot off the press, I'll read it to you. Follow the Alpha 830 westbound for 15 to 20 minutes until you reach Craigag car park. Everybody ready? Yeah. The ground team, made up of ex-military and experienced trackers, close in. It could be radio silence for um, an hour and a half to two hours. The Bothy is located deep in the highlands and can only be approached by foot. You'll reach a turning circle for logging lorries. That is a turning circle. Take the right-hand track, continue on the track, and you'll see the Bothy at the top of the hill. Rick, please be silent. Rick, be silent. So there's about five people around the Bothy now. And they're surveying around the Bothy. Soon they'll start to survey the surrounding countryside. It's perfect. And it's Mark. Hello, Mark. Okay, we've been here for a long time in this Bothy. The upshot is he is not here. So we will continue to trawl the area. And and the story unfolds and he keeps us on an exciting trail. So thank you very much, Dr. Allen. We will find him. Ricky Allen clearly thinks we're a bunch of slack-brained fuckwits. And um, he may be proved right. Things that you enjoyed from episode two, mm. other than um, the Karen quote. Oh, man. I got the explanation of cell-site analysis. I enjoyed that. OK. Because we had a little bit more detail about what it is mm. and it was explained more 
about how it was used. Yeah. Um, also, the use of covert techniques, um, using the camera to spy on uh, Eileen and get the lead on, on Ricky, yeah. which is, you know, something which helps them get a little bit of ground on yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it seemed like he, were, he was one step ahead. Um, and then, obviously, the dislike was the time jump because next week there will be, there's bound to be another time jump because we've got more fugitives to, yeah. to meet. We've still got a load more fugitives yeah. um, still to meet and uh, find out a little bit more about about their journeys. Um, as always, we want you to uh, continue your comments and keep getting in touch. Um Firstly, though, let's uh, remind you of who we've still got to bring in to the game. So, so far, we've seen Lauren and Emily, who were in Cumbria somewhere. Yep. We've seen Dr. Ricky Allen. Yeah. And we've seen um, Devinda and Harinda. And Sandra. And Elizabeth and Sandra. So we've still got to see Freddie and Jackie, Adam and Emma. And then we've got another Adam as well, who I think is a solo runner. Yeah, and we've still got to see uh, Martin and Stephen as well. So we've still got more people to meet in the coming episodes. So I'm sure that we, uh, I'm sure that we will. Uh, shall we have a couple of social media comments? Go on, then off you go. Um, so we've uh, had um, a message on Instagram which says, "This is the best series." The in capital letters to emphasise excitement. <laughs> the starting from home with an hour's call. The filming, little cut screen tellies. I'd do it like that, actually. The sense of adventure, the chief, the extraction felt more celebratory too. We've obviously not got that, um, got to that yet. No. Um, this person's also added, they should have a back to evade series with people who get a second chance. Your Rickies, Adam Young, Jackie and Freddie, Anna and Elizabeth from future series. Mm. Um, Majid, Harry and Frank Savage. Uh, Lauren, Ellen and Jess. That'd be awkward. Grace and Abby. I know that's not possible, but it'd be great fun. Uh, we've also had another comment as well um, from um, from Hunter Julie. Um, Hi, Julie. We all, all know um, who says the good old days and we're hopeful to try and uh, um, get something going with uh, her in future weeks as well. We also had another comment um, on... Um, on this, but I can't quite find uh, where it's gone, which is annoying, uh, which was basically about how this person, can't remember what it said word for word, but this person who'd wrote in basically said how they thought that Brett was the best chief. I'm sorry, but whoever you are, I don't agree with you. So you're stumped, you're stuck between Lisa and Black, aren't you? I am. Yeah. I can sort watching it back though, I can sort of understand why. I get it. And I think maybe if we'd have had more more series with him, yeah. possibly, but we only get one and we don't really get to see, see much from him. Mm. So I think that's why I'm torn between Blex and Lisa. Yeah. Maybe it's a debate for another day. Maybe. But we welcome and appreciate your comments, questions, opinions, stories, whatever it may be about Hunted, uh, and we welcome you to get in touch via all things Social media. Twitter, at HuntedPod. Sorry, it's not Twitter though, is it? It's X, but I'm still going to call it Twitter. Yeah, it's definitely Twitter. Fuck you, Elon. Twitter, at HuntedPod. Instagram, 
at HuntedPod, Facebook HuntedPod, or email HuntedPod at Outlook.com. Oh. oh, that threads thing that no one really uses anymore. It was only really big for two days. It's HuntedPod on there as well. Yeah, that threads thing, which I said I was going to put. <laughs> Ironically, I put a thread on Twitter, but not on, tw- on, not on threads. <laughs> you didn't put a thread on threads. I might do this week just to Ooh. see if anyone's on there. We are on there and people do follow us on there. But I've not posted on there for a very long time, so I apologise about that. Right, that's all we've got time for on this week's episode as we've recapped Hunted Series... One. Episode... Two. Join us next week as we recap Hunted Series... One. Episode... Three. And if you want to watch it and uh, basically figure out what the bloody hell we're talking about, make sure you watch it before the episode comes out on a Sunday. It's on all for now... Binge the series, let us know your thoughts, your comments, your opinions, your questions, all of that good stuff in between. For now, though, there's only one thing left to say, and it's not stay where you are or I'll put you on the fucking floor or whatever the the quote is. It is quite simply that... Your time on the pod is over. You have been hunted down. Absolutely. That we will see you next time here on the Hunted Podcast. Goodbye. Bye. The way what I'm doing ain't easy Bloody hands came from the people who deceived me Bloody hands break through the chains, go free me People like sheep move feet, hurt it easy You don't want to be fast asleep when they see me Better stay tall, ready for a fight, believe me When they try the chains, you can say no, free me